how does porn affect the relationship? So many of you, well, I'm pretty sure none of you know um, that early on into our relationship, porn was a big struggle of mine. I don't like to self-diagnose necessarily to say it was a full-on addiction, um, but it was definitely um, a large part in what I did, you know, away from my wife, obviously. What were some things during that time that, that you could say you noticed in me during those times of me being so deep into porn first of all let me just disclaimer this is going to be very truthful um not as vulgar but uh there's no cursing or anything it's just uh it's going to be very honest um so hopefully you're listening by yourself so for for me what i noticed about you is especially during our time together it was really hard to, um, you know, kind of hit that peak or that point. Yeah. Um, does that make, I hope that makes a lot of sense, but to hit that point and, um, also to even start, right. It was kind of, um, kind of took a minute. Definitely. And I think, and I mean, not, I think I know for sure is because during those times while I was watching that stuff, the only thought in my mind was, recreating it so i can get my effect off of it Mm -hmm. i really um and that's where if you go back and listen to season one and we talked about you know sex within a marriage having to be selfless that was something that during that time i was extremely selfish like porn creates these different types of fantasies that you want to recreate because you see it on the screen and you think oh it's going to be amazing to try it but not really understanding that that stuff is so unrealistic Mm -hmm. in the sense of like people doing that on their day-to-day life and stuff like that even on special occasions some of that stuff is just over the top wild get to a point to where trying to recreate that and trying to fulfill this um you know personal fantasy that you have Mm -hmm. you're not caring about any type of satisfaction that that person in front of you is trying to get Mm mm-hmm and so yeah i mean that was definitely i can i can openly admit to that being a huge downfall um during that time on my end like i that or that definitely is like a selfish thing you know especially when you you're not really worried about your partner you're really focused on yourself and i think a lot of people too they they forget that Pornography is actually a form of cheating. You are actually cheating on your spouse. That is adultery. Yeah. I don't care how you try to how you try to twist it, turn it. Even yeah. if you are trying to watch it together, mm-hmm. that's still adultery. Yep. And Jesus also he says it. You know, if your eye is causing you to lust, you'd be better off to gouge it out. I mean, even during those times too, it caused me to look at my wife differently. You're not going to be able to be heavily into something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not objectify the person that you're with. Like, they are nothing more that means than, you know, I mean, essentially a blow-up doll, a toy, if you will, during those times and during those moments. And, you know, I looked at it as, I didn't think that it was 
that bad because for one I was immature within my faith during that time and two for me um I always use sex or sexual things as a coping mechanism to stress and you know it has to deal with a lot of different things if you dive deeper into rejection and stuff like that and mm-hmm. previous relationships and, and things of that nature and those things led to it but was no excuse for it right because at the end of the day it did cause me to get to a point of rejecting my wife because i'm pretty sure there's been plenty of times where you know um whether you knew how heavy i was watching it at that time or not you knew i was trying to get you to do something that i was seeing other women do in these porn movies so it was like okay am i really enough right yeah, and I think, too, like, that's the other part of the selfishness of, like, doing things, you know, watching porn while being married is you completely forget about the other person. And, and then you're, 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 you're forgetting how it would make them feel and how inferior they feel uh, towards, you know, a person on a video mm-hmm. and themselves. Right. So it's kind of like you're competing with this unrealistic like person exactly yeah and it, and it's it, it really is unfair to make somebody feel like in a sense you can never live up to this fantasy that I have in my head mm-hmm. and you know not understanding that that, fa- that fantasy that you have is for one unrealistic two it's unhealthy um, and three it's leading you to a place that really loneliness is going to be your main subject of life because you can't expect anybody to stay in a lasting relationship and always feel like you have to night in and night out be this be this porn star. Mm-hmm. I mean, people in that industry, I don't even think they really, you know, feel right. feel like they want to do anything like that day in and day out. I mean, a lot of them, a lot of them get out of that industry. Some have gotten out, given their life over to Christ, and you know, have done great things now. But it's just, it comes down to the fact of when you're trying to do that and using the excuse, this will help my relationship, that's really a lie that you're trying to tell yourself to convince yourself. Right. That's very true. It's a lie. Yeah. It's not going to help your relationship. It's going to tear it apart. And And it's only so much a person is going to be able to take of feeling like, you're never going to live up to a certain expectation. Right. And I think and I think a lot of times um, people don't think women feel it as much only because I think people look at women and say, OK, there's only so many physical characteristics that, you know, that somebody may have. But, oh, they can do so much more with the other parts of themselves. And I think a lot of people feel like the inferiority complex will only come from a guy because, most guys are going to feel some type of way if they feel like, okay, I'm not adequate enough for my for my significant other or mm-hmm. something like that. If it's the woman that has the um, the addiction, the addiction. But when it comes to women, you know, I definitely I definitely saw a breakdown within her that was, in all honesty, very similar to what I felt even when we went through the infidelity, because like we said, adultery is adultery. You mm-hmm. know, that's. At the end of the day, you can't find any way around it. That is adultery. And, you know, it really was a tearing down of any marital bed that we tried to build. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it's like basically trying to just work on on, on wet cement in the rain. It's mm-hmm. never going to solidify. It's never going to harden. You're never going to get your foundation to set correctly. And 
that was really where it put us in. Mm -hmm. And it got me to a place to where I was unhealthily trying to deal with things um, that really tore down our communication as well. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't really know how to communicate other than happiness, anger. And I looked at sex as the only thing that, that, that let me know, okay, that part of it is done. Yeah. And then, too, like, I mean, you always look at me like I'm a piece of meat, but really, like, then you really looked at me like I was just a piece of meat. Like, that was, like, something that it really just, it felt like like I wasn't really, like... A wife. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was just somebody just wanted to... It's like a, a roommate, like, friends with benefits. Type yeah, thing. make you happy, and you just go on and do what you got to do. Exactly. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, the con- I mean, it's not funny. No, I understand. Funny. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's been a situation that I thank God that he has pulled me away from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think another, I, I think one thing that people don't pay attention to, um, especially if, say, for example, you have a traveling job. Or you have a job to where sometimes you have to be away at any point. I think people really underestimate how hard it tries to come back on you then at those times. Right. Um, because I at certain points I have to travel for my work. And so for me, I'm in a hotel room by myself. I'm thinking back to, okay, older Keith, younger Keith. When it was stress, when it was things that were going on, that was a release for me. Yeah, that was and your way now, of dealing with things. Exactly. And now it's like trying to not give in to that because I don't want to disrespect my union with my wife and God. I don't want to disrespect my wife and go back to the place where I make her feel like nothing more than a sexual object. It's a really tough and uphill battle to fight against when you're at work for maybe eight to 10 hours and then you come back and you're in your hotel room for another eight eight hours or so you know whether however much you're using to sleep and whatnot but either way like it's it's uh uh, unthought of and untalked about um Mm -hmm. struggle so what made you stop so it was more so like the hurt that i saw that it brought you and what really put it in perspective was one day when we had a, a disagreement you know it was about because i i had slipped up and i think i had told you like I had slipped up and been slipping up you know you had told me like it's it's frustrating because you do this and you just say sorry but if I was to have kept cheating and just kept saying sorry how would you feel and I was like okay I gotta remember I am doing the same thing essentially mm-hmm. and if I'm doing the same thing and I know I wouldn't want her to do me that way Keith you gotta straighten up some things right and as as hard as it was and it's to to try and just stop then you just you just have to like it's if you feel the urge like you gotta you gotta take time to pray if you feel the urge like get up and go take a walk even if you're somebody who is not a prayerful person go do something yeah fast because fasting really does suppress your flesh like Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people sleep on fasting not only is it uh like physically healthy for you but it's Mm -hmm. biblically like spiritually healthy for you you're teaching your flesh that you know you're not god over me i i have authority over you and and i don't have to give into what you want me to do and that that is the whole point of receiving jesus is you you now have that ability but you have to exercise that faith of that ability by fasting and fasting really does do that i think a lot i 
I told you to. I mean, you know this. I, mm-hmm. I, I was addicted to porn. I know for a fact I was addicted to porn. But this wasn't in our marriage. This was when I was younger. I was introduced to it while I was, uh, um, I want to say like eight or nine. Right. And I had just kept going with it. And it, after that, uh, it, it really... It really screws with your brain. It screws with your way of thinking and looking at things and um, even like perverting even the smallest things. Like people will literally be like, like, why do you think like that? Like nobody thinks that way. But it's because you've been watching things that you probably shouldn't have. And not only that, it's a rabbit hole that you really don't want to go down because it can lead to other things. And oh, my Jesus. I mean, I had gotten to some crazy stuff. Like to me, that was another scary point was mm-hmm. because you know knowing what we had already went through um and one thing i told you from the jump when we went through that it could have easily been either one of us that gave into it yeah and after a while you start you start getting to a point to where the the porn that you're watching has to be more close to reality mm-hmm. and the more close to reality it is then it's that scary point of hold on like this is getting too much of a need to where at what point is, are the videos not going to be enough? And am I going to start subjectifying and looking at other women, you know, in real life like this to where I'm willing to step out? Right. And that was where it kind of like not kind of that was where it really got scary for me because I'm like, you know, this was after I mean, this was before and a little bit after we had our son. And I'm starting to think back on the example I had laid out for me. And my dad was not that type of person that he was going to sit up there and step out on his family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I, I gotta, I gotta correct this because I know the generational things that have happened prior to my dad. Um, men just being promiscuous, sleeping around, having women out of having babies out of wedlock while right. they are married. I said this can't be me. My dad already broke that. I'm not going to go back and start this over for my boys. Well, at that time, my son. But we knew we wanted eventually other kids as well. And I was like, okay, I can't go and continue this cycle. And so that was another thing that that really broke that chain was that desire to say, okay, I don't want to be that person that, for one, tears down the family. And my boy is always looking like, you know, we would have still all been together if it wasn't for dad being selfish. And also continuing on what my dad did by breaking those generational curses yeah i um i think too um actually i take that back i did watch porn a couple times after we had got married Mm -hmm. but i think what had made me stop was the fact that god was watching Mm -hmm. so and immediately like after it would just feel like this guilt of like like was that really that important i could have just done this with my husband or i could have just like gotten that fulfillment from my husband versus me feeling this now guilt and now having to repent knowing that i might end up doing it again right like i really had to get to know god um and and really develop that fear that he is always with me and that I really do want to please him at all times. And, and, and that's not going to be passed down to my children. I, you know, in the name of Jesus, I declare it's not going to be passed down to our children. Um, we're going to try and answer to the best of our ability. I think we'll be possibly frequently asked questions within a marriage that is trying to fight past pornography. In the case of, of a marriage to where um, sexual libidos are 
very unmatched in a sense, I'll say. To where one may have a, a really high sex drive, the other one may have one to where, okay, I'm, I'm okay with it being sporadic mm-hmm. and I don't need it as often. What would be some advice um, from your standpoint? And I'll give mine afterwards. Well, um, see, from my standpoint, that is us. That's yeah. us. I'm okay with like it being sporadic. I'm not one that needs it all the time. You, on the other hand, need it. <laughs> so, um, but I think compromising on both sides, like, you know, so I'm the person who doesn't, you know, who is like the sporadic person, maybe doing it more often, yeah. you know, and then, you know, obviously the person that is the one who feels like they need it the most, it's, you know, just kind of slowing down and also exploring that, that with God like why do I feel like I like if it's not like a normal it has to be a normal amount though like if like you were crazy with it like no seriously like crazy like crazy crazy I don't even want to say it on the mic but crazy and it made me think like this man really has an addiction he's talking about not diagnosing people I'm a diagnose him he had an addiction (laughs) Dr. Raven yeah i'm no i'm no doctor but i'm just saying like you did absolutely like i don't care even if a doctor stated that you did not know that you did because it was ridiculous misdiagnosed me at that point yeah not all that god has the final say and i know for a fact i'm not god but i know for a fact that you you had you had issues like i was like this man he was worse than the energizer bunny worse Worse. I was like, it's just funny because I mean, yeah, you're right. But you know, at the end of the day, I think um, what you said is very true. Coming down to a realistic um, point to where y'all can find synergy within an agreement on how frequent sex will be, um, and and then too, like I don't I don't mean to say find synergy in the frequency to where y'all are sitting up there scheduling it, scheduling on the counter. Yeah, the counter. that's stupid. Because that sorry if you do do that. I'm not trying to call you stupid, but I'm just right. saying like that is a. Well, you're not stupid. The tactic is stupid. That's though. not and no. Be, and I, I only say that because from the person that has the higher sex drive to feel like okay this person is penciling me in on their schedule, it makes it feel like they're doing this as a duty. Yes, yeah, like and, you don't really want to do that. Right. Like you don't want to please me. You don't want me to please you. You just yeah. You just making an appointment. To fulfill, to make yourself feel better because you're doing, like, you scheduled it. You're, like, no. Just make sure that you guys are finding some type of synergy. You guys are finding something that is natural within y'all's sexual frequency. Right. Guys, this is a great conversation. I hope that it blessed you guys and blessed your union. And we'll be back again. So you guys make sure y'all subscribe, like this, share this to a family member or a friend. And we'll be back next time. All right. Bye.